Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Now Hear This is a music review podcast and is not directly affiliated with any artists or album projects discussed on the show. Think of us like your record collection come to life. Well, except for that copy of the cool running soundtrack you won't give up. Do you really feel the rhythm and the rhyme? You got a record of your favorite songs. You got an hour and it won't take long. You got a pair of brand new friends. You got a ticket gonna stick to the end. I said, now hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this show. Record soon. This is kind of a breakup record, kind of like a, set, a bunch of sad songs. It's got this like you'll hear. It's got kind of like a real driving rhythm to it. Not autobiographical. Sorry, I just got. I kind of went for my own stank for a minute there. Sorry. The stank. <laughs> stank. You ever do that? You catch a whiff of your own stank and you just get too happy about it? Yeah, of course. Not I, like literally, but I'm talking like, figuratively. Oh, I mean figuratively, figur- Ryan. Both, really. Well, we're back. Episode two of season. You ever in an apartment and they're like, "What are they cooking?" You remember Fat Bastard? Of course. Um, I rewatched Austin one and Austin two with Jones in the last six months, and we didn't get to three. Three in the holds last, up surprisingly. In the last month I watched it, I was like, "Okay, it's not right. bad." I remembered it being horrible. It, but was, I looked back and I enjoyed it. I'd like them to make a number four. I know he's. He messed up with the love guru. <laughs> the second best guru in India is coming to America. Well, we're here for number four, <laughs> Austin Powers, and we're back with episode two of season two. We're talking about Tim Heidecker's. Wait, what's the name of this album again? What the Broken Hearted <laughs> Do? This thing came out June seventh, two thousand and nineteen. Produced by Foxygen's Jonathan Rado. Ooh. And he's produced a lot of really great records. Outside of all the Foxygen stuff, you know, he's done stuff with the Lemon Twigs. Have you heard of them? No. You would love this music. Throwback, pop, rock, vintage. These guys both look like their brother. I think they're brothers. They're both like, they both look like Pete Townsend. Wow. Pre all the bad stuff, you know what I'm saying there. Hey, that was for a book, Ryan. It was a book about why Pete Townsend enjoys child porn. <laughs> that autobiography, really, when he gets to the parts, why he says, look, it was research. I was researching to help the people. All right, man. The, first, the book does open also with... Boy, what are all those kiddies doing boinking on the internet? Yeah. They are what, what? <laughs> I told you there would be accents. This that was Keith Moon, right? That was your impression of Keith Moon. So this album, for well, we should probably... Rewind, pause, and go back a little bit further in time. Tim Heidecker, for those of you who do not know, mm. this is an Adult Swim era, 2000, I'd say, four comedian. Yeah. Started with Tom Goes to the Mayor. Do you remember that? I didn't, but when I was researching, I found that. So I remember it in the sense that I remember reading about recently. it recently. So I was, you know, in Chicago. I had a little TV in my room. I'm in, I graduated high school. Oh, and oh all right. No need to brag. Big shot. You know, Um, two televisions. I had three televisions in my room. What's a rerun? Yeah. Huh? We like movies. That was a kid from... Wonder Years. The Wonder Years. The O'Neater Years. (laughs) (laughs) To tie it back in the last episode, (laughs) which we didn't even say that. We didn't even make the O'Neaters joke, but we did talk about that thing you do. I want to say his name is Buzz, but I think that's just because all... 
villainous older brother characters in media are just Buzz from Home Alone to me. Yeah. Woof. Buzz's girlfriend. It's mean. Changed in 97 or 5? Toy Story. Buzz is a big, he's a good guy. Hey. Well, I guess also Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. Oh, well, I mean, both of them are pricks, though. Well, yeah, Tim, well, are we saying Tim, Tim Allen or Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear. But Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear is a prick. Yeah. He doesn't know any better. <laughs> he thought he was really him in the first one. All right. So Tim Heidecker <laughs> is on the show, Adults from 2004 uh, to 2006. Tom goes to the mayor. And eventually, the show, these shows get canceled like they do. And it's Tim Heidecker is one half of Tim and Eric. Right. Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. Surrealistic comedy, almost horror at times. You know, Tim's gone on to do other. He's, he was in Bridesmaids. He was in Ant Man and the Wasp. Right. I kid you not. I read that. He yeah. was in Us. He he also has this podcast that's turned into a television show called On Cinema, and which beget the show called Decker mm. with Greg Turkington, the guy that uh, plays Neil Hamburger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tim's part of this alternative because I don't I don't even know what that means anymore yeah. in comedy. Alternative comedy scene. Like a mean-spirited Weird Al. Absolutely a mean-spirited Weird Al, beyond a shadow of a doubt of that. So Tim's had this great, long career in television and comedy and podcasts. And he's also got this side band called Heidecker and Wood. Mm. I don't know if you heard any of this music. A little bit in the Little Yacht Rocky, little throwback stuff that he's done. So he put out a solo album called In Glendale not too long ago, (laughs) which is, it's got a great song on it called (laughs) Work From Home, Uh which is basically just about the day after a big party night where, Mm -hmm. you know, I could come to work, but I'm not going to be any use to you because I'm so hungover. (laughs) So I'm just going to work from home. Great music video. So I'm going to work from home. Call if you need me. I don't think I'd be much use anyway. Yeah, I'm going to stay in bed. Stare at the ceiling. Wait for the sickness to just go. I know. Are there Glendale specific jokes in the album, or is it? Oh just, yeah, the yeah. whole thing is just he specifically is talking about. I mean, I'm pretty sure he lives there. I, I, I I'm a former resident. That's right. And you're current. I live in Atwater, but it's very close. It's basically Glendale. It's right. the cool part of Glendale. The cool, I'm sorry, the cool. Whatever part of that means. All right, you know, with your multiple televisions. I had six to seven TVs on at any time, <laughs> like Elvis, Aaron Presley. Yeah, and you will shoot one of them. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. The expense is through the roof. Very expensive child. Yeah. <laughs> very. I've been running from those debts. My entire adult life. So I don't live in Chicago anymore. The progressive commercials ramping up have really just sent your I put a bullet in my television screen budget <laughs> through the roof. You're like, hey, they have a theme park. Ah, White uh, Castle. Blah! How's your NRA uh, standing these days, Brian? It's It's uh, hazy <laughs> at best. From all the gun smoke? They can't tell. If it... <laughs> ow! Hey, we're finally ow, warmed ow, up. Ow! do those ramblings mean anything any of you okay good so this album tim wrote in response to an internet hoax that he was being divorced and so yes the one we're listening to today what the heartbroken do yes and so for reasons no one can possibly know there are folks that i mean trump supporters that were roasting tim on Twitter, because he had released a couple record songs and albums about anti-Trump stuff. And online, he's very, very yeah. much part of the Democratic Party, roasting Trump left and right. So there are people who didn't like that. They didn't mm. like that Tim didn't like Trump. Like, wrap your head around that. This album, this is one of the greatest Ooh, albums bit. that's ever come out of recorded history. <laughs> Tim, I love this guy. Tim, he's a good guy. I don't know him. I never met him, but he's a funny guy. That was good. He's back. I'm making him. I'm making uh, Paul. I call. I call that Forrest Trump. I've been living in a box of my own rage, like a rat in a cage. 
having a good time doing um, it. Yeah, can I tell you, this is becoming very edgy. It's like flattened pennies in a really flattened, sharpened pennies in a in a pillowcase just being swung around. What an image. Yeah. Did old man McCartney make those down by the railroad tracks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just flattened pennies that have been flattened. Truth be told, again, shout out Chris Mercer. I stole that from him. Mm. That's something he said once and it just stuck in my... It's what an image, image it's right? It's an image. It's a, real, it's a real image. Get them flattened. Get them real razor sharp. Put them in that pillowcase. Chris, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing on the weekends, man? Well, let me let me start with this. I didn't know who this person was, and I didn't do any research before I listened to the album. Good. So I went in completely cold. Now, I know Tim and Eric mm-hmm. because I've lived in the 21st century. I'm a 21st century man. You're a... <laughs> but I had no idea this was the same Tim from Tim and Eric fame, and I took all of it at face value. Which you can. And I got the sense that he was brokenhearted, however, was maybe a bit embarrassed by his own feelings. And I think that could might be. still hold up. I think even it though be, yeah. what you're suggesting here is that he created this album as like a mockumentary of a breakup album, basically. Yes. Well, but, people were posting fake divorce papers of his I online see. and trolling him. Okay. So in a way, this is his ultimate troll of the trolls. Where he sure. actually is admitting, yeah, it happened. Here's my album about my divorce. Tim is still very m- clearly married. That explains the teardrop cover. Yeah. Well, he was going to call it <laughs> either Cuck or Tim Crydecker. Wow. <laughs> and he went with this, you know, because one of the lyrics and songs. Yeah. It really does sound like an old Randy Newman or right. Warren Zevon or yes. the band. It made perfect sense that this was an album you brought to the table because it does sound so consistent with the types of records you just tend to gravitate toward, just even based on the selection that we've had on this show. Yeah. A lot of overlap with some of that stuff. And I don't know, I, <laughs> I'm i almost a little disappointed to find out it was a gag, but but you don't write some of these things without believing some of them. Well, yeah, all art is autobiographical. I right. feel like we've touched on that a lot. And... He's definitely felt these feelings. And so as I did a little digging, his parents got divorced when he was in his 40s. And so Tim's about 10 years older than we are. So not too long ago. And he felt all these feelings. He's also talking about how, you know, this is also what it feels like to lose a friend or to grow apart from people. Right. And I don't look, I don't want to say I'm a Tim and Eric expert. I love their material. I don't know much about the guys themselves. Right. But I do know that Tim and Eric, despite the fact that they're on tour right now, they've been doing less work together. Two cool. sep- two different guys. Two of us riding, riding nowhere. Standing <laughs> Han Solo. I always think of that. I hear that song. So I think, I think some of this... As a breakup album. Is a breakup album with Eric Wareheim. Wow. I don't know if that's right. I'm, putting, I'm floating this out into the... Universe. So I was going to say stratosphere or ionosphere, but let's say universe. That's way bigger <laughs> than those things. Yeah. We are all well, made of stars. What do you think? I mean, do you know? I mean, Sir Moby you, used to say that. Is he, was Professor he Moby. Professor Moby. Has a great vegan restaurant in town apparently now. His last name is Us. Did he date Padme? I don't like sand. That is the thing that happened? That's a thing he claims that makes him skeevy person. A lot of these characters floating in and out of the podcast these days. Skeevy Persons. Skeevy Persons was also a working title of Now Hear This. It definitely could still be the title of this podcast. So this album was recorded in less than a week. It's on my real ID. And I'm going to... At the TMV. It says Skeevy Persons. (laughs) Sorry. Skeev Ernie (laughs) Persons. (laughs) My name is Skeev. Skeev Persons. Middle name Ernie. Coming in hot with the accents. Really, mm-hmm. just this is my audition tape for all the casting directors that are listening. I'm available for Rick and Morty seasons, uh, all of them. <laughs> has can has Tim ever done anything on Comedy Bang Bang? He, you know, I I don't know for sure, but he must have. He dips in and out of all these things. Like he was in that You've Got to Leave or whatever that Netflix oh, yes. show was yeah. last year. He had one great appearance in that. But, uh, sir, um, are you ready to have your mind blown? Blow my mind, please, Ryan Brady. I'm going to connect this 
back to last episode. Whoa. So this album was recorded in Highland Park at Pierre de Reeder's Studio 6-4 Sound. What? Member of Rilo Kiley. What? Holy shit. Yep. Wow. We did this unconsciously, yeah. subconsciously somehow, we were picking these episodes. These albums have a lot in common, I think. Too. I think Jenny and Tim are about the same age. Yeah. I would guess they must know each other if they're in all these circles, all right. these well, LA social circles. He did something similar to her. He transitioned acting to music. Right. Right. So it was recorded fast. And I actually spent a little bit of time. Um, have you ever heard of the great podcast, Aquarium Drunkard? No. Great show. If you guys are listening, you know, it's a really, really good show you put on. So July 29th last year, they put an episode out with Tim. And he talks at length about this album. And, you know, I, I don't want to double dip. If you want more information on this album, just go listen to that show. Yeah. But he has a playlist that they put up and they walked through this whole playlist. So I'm going to just read through this. These were a lot of the inspirations behind this style of the album. Sure. Paul Simon, congratulations. Warren Zevon, Desperados Under the Eaves. Bruce Springsteen's Racing in the Street. Wow. Joni Mitchell Down You. Randy Newman, A Wedding in Cherokee County, which is from that album. Good Old Boys. Mm. That's, some say, his best. Judy Sill, The Kiss. Bob Dylan, Sarah, from that wacky era in the middle of the 70s where Bob had his confidence back. Yeah. Doing things like ISIS. The band, Unfaithful Servant. Paul Simon, Loving Hard Times. Harry Nilsson, Don't Forget Me, mm. which is what one he did with Johnny Lennon. Yeah. Elton John, All the Nasties, Leon Russell, A Song for You, Bob Dylan, Isis, I just said that. Yeah. Van Morrison, Glad Tidings, Father John Misty, Pure Comedies. He actually covered one of Tim's anti-Trump songs. What? And it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Justice Father John Misty, friend and affiliate of Margot Price, another artist we talked about on this show. Just all, eventually we'll all hang out at some big yeah. party, whether it's on <laughs> earth or in the sky. Who knows? So there's only a couple more. J.J. Kale, Call Me the Breeze, Songs, Ohio, Farewell Transmission. I didn't know this one. Richard and Linda Thompson, When I Get to the Border, and Fleetwood Mac, Say Goodbye. Wow. So I know I really rocked through that list. It's a lot. The point I'm going to make about that is that the one quote I pulled from the podcast is Tim says... This was an era of songwriters and songwriting in which it's as close as you can get to these artists, their material as people. And it's like a primordial podcast. Wow. So, yeah, pretty That's what the album sounds like. Yes. Right. The singer songwriter stuff, you know, that's intensely personal. Extremely personal, exposed. All the production is roughly in the style of all those songs we just discussed. A generation of artists still hitting back on the notion of Prague and psychedelia. It's how music really diverged in the wood between sort of craft and singer-songwriter. Right. I feel like music in the 70s and the 80s like that, it's a litmus test for what the artist's priorities are. And you see artists, bands like Yellow and things and Rush mm-hmm. sort of just skew hard toward, you know, I am the walrus and then the other stuff skews hard toward in my life. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a real divergence there and there's room for both, I think. You know? Absolutely. There's room for both. I guess the, he's, it's less, well, there's some heavy guitars and instrumentals, but a lot of these are, they could easily be, produced as just a guy in a piano yeah singing or guitar singing so it reminded me of randy or harry so much on definitely yeah. definitely and there was notes of randy and our, our last episode so uh, the last thing i'll say about this episode before we dig in i scored tickets to see him Whoa. august 27th nice. at the moroccan that's the awesome. moroccan lounge yeah so this is only a couple months after the album came out yeah jammed packed and the band put on a hell of a show mm-hmm. and he played a couple songs i think they're going to be for the follow-up say like, i don't know when these are going to come out <laughs> and they were even better than the songs that are on oh, this album that's great so, that's awesome tim if you're listening put come on man get those things produced call up 
Pierre. Yeah. Call us up. Get we'll Pierre on we'll the phone. come and finish them we'll for do you. It. We'll find you a conference room. We will find you what you need <laughs> to get it done. <laughs> so, oh, before I jump in, is there anything else you'd like to say? Oh, well, let me just take out my NRA membership no, card no! here and head on over to the bullet corner. Good morning. I'm going to be your instructor. Okay, I know you're anxious to jump right in. Welcome to Paul's Bullet Corner, where I summarize the album we're listening to with Strange Poetry. The bullets on this one are plentiful. I have four on this one again, oh, it's Ryan. A lot. And I was hit with this one in the car. I nearly veered off the road a couple times trying to get these down. <laughs> um, you know, there are some people who will walk right again eventually. <laughs> Bullet point number one. Some that will not. Bullet point number one. Tidings of a joyful and reanimated Hollywood Nosferatu. Whoa! <laughs> I feel like Harry w- Nilsson came to you in a dream and gave you that one. Big Nos- Hollywood vampire energy on this record. Nosferatu. Yeah, I'll be at the rainbow after this. Mm-hmm. The risen son of the dumped. Wow. A sound of the evanescence of sadness drowned <laughs> with lollipops and Valium. <laughs> Is evanescence still around? <laughs> we gotta wake her up. <laughs> Save me! <laughs> Rock and roll sincerity protruding from the masked singer, eaten alive by the embarrassment of the enormity of the mundane and cruel. Wow. Wow. You should write for Pitchfork. Thank you. Great job. Everybody, Pitchfork's out. Fantastic. Let's see them your... Pitchforks. Hey! Hey, track one. Track one, illegal. Love this song. Cowbell. I love it. It should be. It's so good. So I guess the first thing I'm thinking from the lyric is it's a year later and he's still thinking about the breakup. Yeah. Still inside that crawl. (laughs) I didn't get that it was necessarily that much removed. So maybe I'm reading into it. What do you think that? I got it as just a general. See, I wasn't again. I wasn't listening to this understanding a mission statement. Uh I was going into this kind of taking it for what he was presenting it as. And so, I don't know. I thought it was just sort of a whimsical look at, well, that's life kind of way. Like you get the impression he's pointing out the absurdity of a herter and a hurty in any kind of given situation simultaneously without really, really being disrespectful to either side but it should be illegal to be that little hook there is great it should be illegal mm, to, me, to me so cruel to me and wonderful great little hook it's got it's it's an everyman tune that's what i took this as i took it as a common occurrence not related tied to a specific event just a common feeling of this type of character singing this type of song got it yeah i mean you're out there living free you should be doing time yeah. It's and it's great. I love that little it's got that new wavy quality to it. I like it. I mean, it sounds like the girls moved on, dating other people, and for a fake breakup album, he really is capturing the energy of what it feels like to be broken up with. Yeah. Yes. Like, ah, it should be illegal to be so cruel to me. It's, I mean, it's just great. And it's right in the style of all the songs that we just mentioned and all the music I've ever loved. And I mean, I guess, I mean, but that's the beauty of this album. I can never tell when he's joking with us. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm so bummed out to find out 
that it's a, a pastiche of a breakup album because you know it could read reads truthful absolutely the sentiments ring true it's a great opener it's perfect for this record and and he's he's writing all these himself yeah i think with jonathan okay maybe a couple yeah but from what i understand yeah tim just sat down these are great hooks is what i'm getting at like he's become a really very very good songwriter and I, fo- I mean, I follow him on Instagram and he's always posting little bits of demos and things. And when this came out, he had, I don't know if it was for the, I think it was for this song, actually. He posted a demo of something that evolved into the final track. He's like really dedicated to learning music theory. And I don't know, his voice for a guy who does a lot of fake singing in Tim and Eric. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. So I was going to comment on his voice later in the record. I'll do it here. There are times when I'm like, it's hurting what he's going for his limitations yeah are holding back the potential of what he's putting down but that said there is a genuine quality to his voice and ultimately it never bothers me even though sometimes i would have preferred to hear some more soaring vocals on these songs yeah. mm-hmm. it never bothers me that it's his voice because there's a fragility to it that lends yeah. itself to the idea of being brokenhearted it does kind of sound like literally anyone just picked up a guitar after a heartbreak and is singing these sentiments it, it there's a um, which is why i think it's based on something and i don't think yeah. it's about his wife relatable something else but we'll let that you can decide you can write us in and let us know if we're right or wrong I love this song. Tim, I'm talking to you specifically. Yes, please do. (laughs) Please and thank you. But so track two, When I Get Up, this is the first thing I heard from the album because it was the first single. When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again. Go to bed again and go to bed again. When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again. Go to bed again and go to bed again. And this has a great music video to it. I don't know if you got a chance no, to check it out. But the video is Tim, in a David Lynchian Twin Peaks sort of way, appears in a cardboard box in a production <laughs> office. Like gets out, it gets out of it, or some kind of box or closet. Yeah. Walks out of it with his laptop, and he goes into who is meant to be some kind of video commissioner or video director's office. It's this whole sketch where he's saying, you know, so. You know, I'm going to play the song and I, you know, I want to talk about creative to the video and the guy brings a notepad out and they're taking notes and Tim's talking about, you know, right here, this would be the dancers here and all this. Yeah. And he goes, like, oh, so what's the budget? And he gives him the number and he's like, oh, um, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> and it just, what ends up happening is the music video is Tim pitching what the music video <laughs> could have been to That's the guy really and then disappearing in this Lynchian fashion away. And when I saw that, I was like, wait, this is different than what he's done before. There's something, there is obviously, a, there's always going to be a joke element to Tim. Yeah. Just like you think of what has Jim Carrey done seriously that maybe outside the Truman show, but that even still feels like a little bit of a joke to me. Even Eternal Sunshine has moments of comedy. Yeah, his acting, and yeah. his physicality. There's always going to be. There's also the completely unfunny anti-vax stuff he did, which you can't take back, Jimmy. No, sorry about that. Sorry, keep going. But I did love the movie <laughs> Yes Man. Oh, yeah, I like Jim Carrey. I didn't see that Penguin movie, but that was advertised heavily. Zoe Deschanel plays opposite him in Yes Man and sings a bunch of wonderful songs in it. Zoe again, Zoe. Maybe we need to do a Zoe album. So, yeah, from Ace Ventura back to When I Get Up. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, I like a lot of these lyrics. Out the window, bluebirds singing, those bluebirds ain't on my side. Yeah. I feel like those are the same bluebirds Randy was talking about. Oh, yeah. On Trouble in, in Paradise. In, uh, in, Thanks, uh, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that My Life is Good or is that... Um, I'm different. I'm different. I'm different. I don't care who knows it. Something about him ain't the same. So listen to this is a plug for season one. Check out the Randy Newman episode. One of our more popular episodes somehow. I don't know. Oh, you liked Randy Love that Randy. much. Everybody's feeling Randy out there, baby. Yeah. Woo! Austin yeah, Powers yeah. again is what we're doing. <laughs> that is what we're still doing. Oi! 
So if I go back to my dreamland, you might be waiting for me. Mm. And you know, I've I've been brokenhearted to the point where it's like I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. He really is touching on all those little moments. So yeah, you know, who hasn't felt that way? There's dark subject matter that if Tim took himself terribly seriously, he'd be making a much darker sound to convey, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I get the impression, this is one of the songs where I really did feel like he was embarrassed by his feelings, which forces him to make gags out of them all. For but sure. I think it transparently shows that a he has them obviously but that he does genuinely care about this stuff and has clearly been hurt um at least in whatever way he was channeling that for this song i love the hook on this one there's a 60s sound that permeates this album is great there the whimsy is nice i find myself attracted to that just in general and a hammond organ solo great yeah the, the musicianship on this is excellent yeah uh, they were talking about taking this on the road, but there there was also talk of like, it's so expensive and why? Right. You know? Yeah. So the, m- maybe one day. The hooks here he's coming up with are great. They're gr- it's great songwriting craft. Even if it's a joke, like clearly he can write a song, much like Weird Al. You well, know, yeah. can actually write a song. My last point here on this one is, and <laughs> see how you take this. This song reminds me of in the, in the Michael J. Fox movie, Teen Wolf. There's a main theme called Way to Go by a guy named Mark Vieja, I believe is huh. his name. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Wow, yes. Well, now I remember it from that film. It's got some this of sounds the same. Like yeah. Sounds like almost the same song. But anyway, that's like... But the, that sounds like Randy. It, yeah, it's basically like a... Cheap, it was probably cheaper than getting Randy to write for Team oh, Wolf. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Yeah. Close your clothes, get on fire, <laughs> and you turn into a wolf. It's good, Randy. It would just. I guess I'm doing great impressions today. You're you're killing it in season two, Ryan. I feel like I've grown a lot in the break. I saw a lot of life. I've experienced a few things. Can we get bad Nicholson? Well, Paul. There he is. How are you doing on this fine Saturday? <laughs> Bad Nicholson. This podcast needs an enema. Woo! But yeah, that's it on that one. T- title track, What the Broken Hearted Do. Well, it's over. It's finished. The ship has sailed. It's done. For good. The check's in the mail. I loved her, she loved me, but that's all through. So now I'll do whatever it is the broken heart to do. Yeah, the flames blown out. Love it. Great arrangement. I love, I love it. that little synth and the guitar in the chorus. Yeah, there's like a churchy quality to this one. Totally. Could be Newman, Nielsen, Lennon, Zivon, any yeah. of the heavy, well, I get not Newman, but any of the heavy drinkers from right. the 70s. Well, there's the line, I'll drink whatever you're drinking. I'll do whatever you're thinking. There's a great, very specific heartbroken sentiment he's playing on there. The desperation to be anything but yourself in that moment. Yeah. You talk, go talk to a freshly broken up person. Yeah. They're going to do whatever yeah. you want to do. That's definitely right. Because they don't know what their life is right now. Yeah, they just need something. Yeah. Fill it up with something. Their life was joined with another life, and now it's not. And there's a an identity crisis at play. So again, very nuanced, <laughs> interesting <laughs> subject matter this guy really is playing good. with. I love that moment. It ends, has just been bulldozed. The life we lived has just been bulldozed. And then, no going back. Yeah. And it comes back, no going back. <laughs> One thing that's true. And it's, it's such a great use of production and lyrics. Yeah. In, it, very mature, very advanced for a guy who, you know, well, I'm a comedian. It's like, no, you're actually a songwriter, man. You're right. great. You, yeah. you, I think he hangs with the best of them. He does. You know, at least in, for this type of music, for sure, like this indie piano rock, let's call it, sure. that, that kind of stuff. Like there's this really great stuff in there. Yeah. Love Let. the instrumentation choices. It strikes me as a piano record in a lot of ways, but we do get really great 
guitar on here too. Really good. Nice balance between the two. My final lyric I wrote down was, I was sitting there on St. Patrick's Day in the village square. She walked by laughing with her long green hair. <laughs> A funny line, but also great image. Oh my God. I've never heard of anybody using St. Patrick's Day for this sort of moment where breakup. I hear that line and I'm placed back in Hoboken, New Jersey. I'm so sorry. On any number of drunken St. Patrick's Day times in either college or shortly after college where those... The women who were breaking your heart on St. Patrick's Day have long green hair that day. Yep, they do. Again, specific-ass imagery. Like, really? <laughs> uh, well it done. It must have happened, yeah. Well done stuff. So track four in this album is, you know, I thought a lot about this. This is my favorite one. So you mentioned that, Funeral Shoes. And I want to ask, you said you could relate to this song. Yes, I'm happy to open up Are about you, this. Do you mind sharing? No, I don't mind at all. Is this? It's a quick song, 304, which is you know one of these Billy Joel lines. You got to cut it down to 305 in the Entertainer. <laughs> it, I really feel like he's. There's a lot of references to. Well, there's literally a reference to Billy in the song. Yeah. But it, it's Cold Spring Harbor era Billy Joel. This is pre mega fame, and these lyrics, and this I think what I said to you. I've lived this day, yeah, this exact day, and I forgot the shoes, really? the whole thing, where, you know, I'm going to get taken out for lunch, I'm going to get taken out for dinner, I'm going to get breakfast in bed with whoever I'm with, mm-hmm. and that line's beautiful because it could be, you're alone, or you could be with somebody, you just like, don't give a shit, you're like, whatever happens on this trip, I'm just going to roll with because I'm alive, because you get pulled out of your day to day, because there's this death and you're thinking about the death. I'm gonna get takeout for lunch. I'm gonna get taken out for dinner. I'm gonna get breakfast in bed with whoever I'm with. I'm gonna get high with some old friends. I'm gonna get drunk with my mother and father. Then I'm gonna run through the lawn of the house where we used to live. get high with my friends high with some old friends gonna get drunk drunk with with my my mother and father father, i'm gonna run through the lawn of the house where we used to live yeah and you know that's my parents house now and i i did do that and i actually was running out in the lawn with our dog yeah and they're like don't go outside with the dog there's skunks and the, the dog got sprayed with a skunk whoa and i ended up having a you know, I I, mean, I was a little, I had one too many that night, and I remember scrubbing the dog yeah. with the anti-stink <laughs> chemicals, and that was a one story where they they never let me live it down. But where he ties it, home ain't where I'm living; it ain't where I want to be. Someone can be forgiven for what they've done to me. Like I, you could say, I mean, there's everybody has people like yeah. those in their life. I don't have one specific one. But yeah, he's coming back dressed in black. And it's just all these lines, you know, skip far ahead. I'm going to take the next flight out of here. Going to go back to the sunshine. Won't go back east till another one bites the dust. Yeah. That's how I feel about California. Yeah. And I always, I've had for a while this, like, do I move back to New York? Is that where you have to go to be successful? And he, he comes in with, this place that Billy Joel sang about means nothing to me anymore. <laughs> Only a memory up. Just a pile of rubble and rust. Wow. Which is a bit Vonnegut, a bit apocalyptic. Sure. And yeah, saying goodbye without a tear in my eye. Good God, what can I do? Little Zivon. Yeah. I love this song. I don't know if I answered that question. I'm just saying the lyrics and tying them together. But Well, when you said the bit to me offline, we were texting. You mentioned that bit about relating to that song. I had an experience... Not quite like this, but also I, it was when my grandmother died a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I did that thing where I went home and stuff like that. And I actually, I did literally forget the fucking shoes. <laughs> you forgot the shoes too, right? Because it's an extra pair of shoes and you're like, I'm, I'm, it's, you don't always have it. to dress for a funeral. Right, right, right. And I, I remember my, uh, I was in a car with my brother and his wife and Susanna and we're all looking around for a pay list that was still open and whatever it was, nine o'clock on route one in New Jersey looking yeah. for funeral shoes. Wow. I've been fortunate. 
I haven't had too many close people die on me. Well, that's in my good. Life. My grandmother was the one that was the most recent in the most in my most recent memory. So that one's the one that's coming to mind a lot more here. But you know what? Even if it wasn't a funeral, I was able to put myself in this character, the song, the, the song's character's shoes for a moment just about returning to your hometown yeah yeah the bit about high with my old friends drunk with my parents hey that's it yeah that's it right there that's it right there you want another one i you know i learned this new cocktail i'm gonna make it up for us you're sitting around like i hate this is terrible i love doing that yeah and it's funny when when james and i were kids my brother james and i were kids it was so taboo to drink with them or anything like that it was so not on the table to do anything like that but as an adult getting to know them in that different way you do when you become an adult and you're able to relate to your parents on that level, it's one of my favorite things to do is have a bunch of drinks with my parents and get, yeah. and get honest for five seconds and to let them get to know me in a way that you maybe you can't when you're younger and they're still in that I need to guide you mode. Yeah. So, and then hi with your old friends. There's always those couple hanging around. Oh, definitely. Back they're back home or they're not. If they're not living with their parents, they're just, they maybe never left. Never left. Where you grew up. Yeah. Maybe they're just in the city or they were in the city and now they're in the suburbs and, you know, you go and visit that and you're like, yeah, this, this was, this could have been it. Yeah. And you're just visiting something that could have been. I really like those moments. I do too. They're. They remind you where you came from. They remind you where you came from and they are sentimental for a present that never existed. Yep. And that's what I like about it. There's my bullet. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. We got it on tape, too. The slide guitar on this one. Great. Really great, good. Great production. Really good. Do we know whose band is? The band is a lot of the guys that uh, the guy from Foxygen pulled in. Oh, I see. All right. I know Tim's playing a lot of that stuff, too. I could ask Pierre. Pierre, what? Get Pierre on the line. One week. They did this all in one week. Old school. Wild. Great. Track five. I'm not good enough. Short and sweet. Yeah. Nice. I'm not good enough for you. I'm not good enough for you. You can keep on saying that I'm crazy. You can keep on saying it's not true. But I'm not good enough. similar sentiment to the other songs this was one of the more beatle sounding things to happen to me on the record i think <laughs> maybe just because the waltz timing and the harmonies yeah. and whenever i hear waltz timing and harmonies do, i think do, of do, babies do, in black you know? do, 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 do. Uh, yeah it's more if it's not cold spring harbor billy joel it's billy doing mccartney yeah so tim doing billy doing paul and i think the the whole key to the song is that bridge Mm. You know, you should be with someone else. I should be alone. You deserve much better than me. I could have told you that a long time ago. And then he goes into those woes. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. And yeah, Tim Tim plays that snare drum. Right. And uh, I'm not good enough for you. Like the, it's good. the thud. Yeah. Insp- Randy Newman was an inspiration for that. There's a song the, from a playlist earlier, Wedding in Cherokee County. Really? Where none of the members of the band, he's like, I just want it. There's a specific way. You need to play it. <laughs> and everybody was playing it very correct. Yeah. And so Tim, yeah, it's just Tim whacking the snare drum there. Yeah, because it's more about feel than totally. precision. Yeah. She don't say nothing. She don't do nothing. She don't feel nothing She don't know nothing that I'm crazy You can keep on saying it's not true But I'm not good enough For you That's great. I don't have much to no, say about this either. one. No, me neither. It's a good one, though. I like it a lot. Yeah, so track six, Sometimes It Happens This Way. Can I ruin, can I ruin this one for you? Yeah, ruin it. This one, an old dirt road mm. off of Walson Bridges. Yeah. We'll do a little side-by-side here. 
I think it's the same song. It's almost note for note for until a point, and then it diverges. But it was so distractingly old dirt road. I I, lo- I, I stopped that. what I was doing. I was on a run, and I stopped in the street. Mm. It's like, wait a minute, where have I heard this before? Am I, I being I, trolled right now? Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, don't get me wrong. I just it well, was so is old dirt road. <laughs> old dirt road's a favorite. I love that one. I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, yeah, I love that. love left between you and me ain't no harmony like they used to be and those memories those memories You know, kick-ass guitar solo at the end there. I really like that. The production reminds me of an artist. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this guy named Kyle Kraft. No. Uh, Kyle Kraft does like sort of what indie rock is now kind of songs, almost like safe rock. Um, yes, safe rock. But the uh, but the production safe is, cracking rock. Right. <laughs> the production is very close mic'd. It feels a little purposefully non-slick. Yeah. A little purposefully, um, almost muffled. Like I got, I got DIY. I got the impression he was playing this whole album, singing it into a pillow on his mm. bed. <laughs> like that's there's a soft nature to all the production and how the instrumentation is just sounds okay. just sonically. But this one had a lot of that for me, uh, just in terms of the production. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have I don't have many. I love the outro. Yeah, and I do love that one line. Sometimes it happens this way. Matter of fact, most time it does. Yeah, it's good. Bit of a cowboy line, but yeah. So track seven, Insomnia. My favorite on the record. Really? Stand out. It's it's a little diversion from what we've had before. Insomnia. Almost I saw her standing there. Yeah. The Beach Boys, something like that. 60s Sunshine Pop again. Sleep to the afternoon. Yeah. I'm missing anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Fell asleep. Yeah, they, it goes up an octave or two, right? Fell asleep in the Whatever. I could. I, if, I just loved. Yeah, I'd love. I would love to cover this one or if something. Jenny like that. burst in on a chorus on this. I would have bought it. Like this sounds like a goddamn song off the album we just talked about. Yeah, like, seriously. Like, and that's when I was so excited because I realized how much overlap there were between these two projects. <laughs> because this one does sound a lot like it, but I love it. It's bouncy rock. It's a celebration of the dark using light, which is something I love. I've talked about a lot on this show. Yeah, it's an example. Like the the record really doesn't deviate from that too much, actually. But this is a particularly well crafted example. Sure. And you could interpret it as a joke on the 60s, 70s sound, but in the end, I, it's just sort of a good song. I agree. I completely agree. It's, yeah, it's a, a highlight on the flip side of the album. And it's, yes, yeah, really, I, yeah, I know, I know. Sometimes I just do this in these episodes. I go, yeah, it's great. I love it. But that's why I'm playing it, yeah. you know? And a track seven to be this strong, great. Exactly. And, and I love it when songs are this short. Perfect. 2.30 or less. You're in and out. Between, it's all you need. Between 150 and 230, like, yeah, I guess I'll just listen to it again. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. This so one go went, listen to it again. This one went on a playlist pretty fast for me. I like this one a lot. So number eight, Coffee's Gone Cold. Another one I love. Great melody. Yeah. That line, I don't know what I'm waking up for anymore. Yeah. Ah, yikes. Don't you think she come back to me? Don't you think she come back to me? Don't you think she come back to me? 
Don't you thirst come back to me? Whatever. That is Donovan shit, right? That, that's totally. like. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Big, big Donovan energy. Donovan, this one. Mega Hog Donovan energy. Donovan's, Donovan's Mega, mega Hog. hog. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's, it's Donovan band. and not the farmer <laughs> in our podcast. <laughs> what is it? Hog Street? What do we call that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Give my regards to Hog Street. Give my regards to Donovan's Hog Street. Another earnest song for the record, but it borders on tones that reflect the actual sentiment instead of using it to buy himself a ticket out. Like, yeah. it seems like he's always making it a joke. Like, your blues. Right, yeah. right. I even said this is Beatles' Abbey Road White Album mm-hmm. era. See? The guitar riffs and the organs. I specifically wrote that line you said. I also really love, I pick up a book, but I don't feel like reading. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be reading it for anymore. So that one, that one gets jokey, but it's also, yeah, I can relate. I've had that where I've been on, I'm, I'm going to read this a self-help book, or I'm going to read some fiction or nonfiction. Right. You're like, yeah, I'm reading. I'm exercising my brain. And then there's moments you're like, why am I reading? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Who am I doing this for? We'll be dead soon anyway. The pub we're dead reels. It's later than you think. <laughs> That's the theme for this season is that you're going to die. So like, Sorry about that. Doesn't really Spoiler matter. alert. Love the play out on this one. It's a really strong blaring organ and that jangling piano and the guitars. And this is a place where I wish someone else was screaming their head off during the extended okay. play out. Giving me almost like beautiful night vibes. Yes. But it still works. Like his voice is still good, but here's uh-huh. where I would have wanted that, you know, loud, booming, just McCartney, hey Jude, just, ah, you know, going nuts. Or so that's my John scream. Yeah, yeah. Criticism of it, but. Who knows? Maybe the next album he finds a belter or somebody to, or maybe Tim's been working on his voice this whole time. For, it's not bad. I don't want to. Let's not say that. He does not have a bad voice. I I wouldn't have even picked this if I thought he had a bad voice. But yeah, I think that takes us to track nine. I don't think about you much anymore. I don't don't think think about about you much anymore. I don't think about you much anymore. Except when it's raining. Oh, there's a knock on my door I don't think about you much anymore Yeah, I love, so he's, I mean, that's the main theme. That's basically the, the line he's saying the whole time. But he is because he's saying, except when it's raining or when there's a knock on my door. Yeah. Except when the sun is shining or when I'm at the mm-hmm. store. Just every day, every single day. <laughs> they say you're married while well, I'm all alone. I hope you're happy. Sounds like you've moved on. I tried to keep busy since you've been gone, but I heard that you miss me. But that might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's not even in touch with her. It's just telling himself stories. Yeah. But you can feel him getting over it. Right. Well, there is a great song that is very similar in message by Stephen Colbert. Oh, is that right? Called I'm Over You, Charlene. And then there's a companion song called Charlene 2, I'm Over You. (laughs) And it's all about how he's over the person. And like, there's lines like, moved your portrait from my front hall to a room I barely use at all. Like that kind of (laughs) stuff. That's great. (laughs) I'm done watching you cook dinner, perched in your sycamore tree. By the way, you're looking thinner. Not that it matters to me. I used to be right behind you, hoping to catch your eye. But now I've half a mind to finally say goodbye. I'm finished looking through your door. Won't check your mailbox anymore. I bet you're wondering why. I'm over you, Charlene. It's all over now. With goodbye, Charlene. It's all over now. We'll have to be just friends. Gonna sell my telephoto lens. I'm over you, Charlene. Uh, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And so it's playing with a similar subject matter. It yeah. reminded me of that song. But I like that. It's a, it's a fun gag. It's a good joke for this song. 
yeah, great stuff. Another place where I would have wanted some some Joe Cocker, some yeah, Joe Cocker vocals. Some, you know, the some cock, class, <laughs> just some cock here, or Adele or something like just something to lift this thing kind of into the stratosphere where ultimately I felt like the songs belonged like they yeah. inv- they belonged up there but instead they're down here in the dirt way down yeah and way down there effectively so you know he's he's doing the podcast thing that we talked about at the beginning of the episode where he's you're getting really close to him you put on your podcast voice for that. I put on my you know, lower <laughs> got to speak with your diaphragm get people nice and calm Instead of the 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 nasal, right? Because I look like that all the no. The oh boy, crushing it. I read. Like, did I read a book on? I derailed. How to break into. <laughs> I derailed your train of thought so badly. I apologize. I don't care because this is great content. <laughs> Good. Content. And that's why I'm here. Quality. Quality. Quality hog content. <laughs> big hog content. BCC. BCC me on that note, please. I love BCCing people. To ten, finally getting <laughs> just over. Just a little secret, just you know? a tiny. I did this one for you. Ready for this note? Finally, finally getting, over. getting over. It's a white stripe song. Okay, yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, Not I good. got Eric Clapton. Oh, okay. But the fuzz bass is. White it's stripe. just so fuzzy. Yeah, and it remind me of that tone that Jack does sometimes, where it's gong gong gong. Right, gong, and, and he's got lots of little guitar licks and stuff. It, it, it does have that quality. Um, like his vocals maybe it's the Eric clapton kind of thing like mm-hmm. I would never say Eric Clapton like I'd, I'd rather hear Jack Bruce singing a cream tune but you mm. can't listen to Layla or Cocaine or <laughs> Bell Bottom Blues and it not be Eric true because those songs come from him and yeah, his soul right. so ultimately it needs to be Tim for this yeah, yeah. I, okay but uh so I was partly right and partly wrong about the white stripes thing. I get it. Yeah, fuzzy. It's fuzzy. I could have just said it was fuzzy. It's fuzzy. I like it. It's real fuzzy, folks. My voice got really high there, like defensive. <laughs> um, I'd say, I it's a, I'd say it's a standout. I I appreciate that he kept this energy for the end. Yeah, and we even get some of that little screaming, which I kind of wanted him to do more of. Yes, he does start to nail the scream in this one. Yeah, get just let loose, man. He does it. Great guitar. Just get real. I don't have a lot about this song. It's just one of those ones you put on. You're like, I don't even want to critique this. It's just, he's screaming the pain out. And then with track 11, Life's Too Long, he's flipped it. He's over it. Yeah. This is an Elton John, maybe a tiny dash of Burt Bacharach in here. Life's too long to stay in love. What a sad sentiment to leave this. Yes. And it's pretty too. It's a pretty sentiment. Yes, it's beautiful. Start the whole thing over And I know you will be fine It's really nice. I thought you knew that this wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. So please stop your crying. Because life's too... Like, wait, wait, what? We heard for the last 10 songs this guy cry Like, cr- the opposite story. Right. I really like the approach here. He's he's basically saying, hey, I've got a minute and a half worth of song here and a more brash musician might drag it out like the, you know, like the rest of the record to be longer, you know, but I get the sense. This is one of the ones where I got the sense that he was embarrassed about how straightforward this actually was. Okay. And so I can see that it's a short song. Very short. And it's tucked in the back. Okay. So, and I wrote this down too, and this is some nerd shit, some nerd economic stuff. There's a thing called the Pareto Principle. Have you ever heard of this? The 80-20 rule? Mm. So basically, you can apply this to a lot of different things in many different ways. It's a shorthand for business where it, they've 
done a lot of studies, whoever they, <laughs> they've done a lot of studies, they've done Ooh. a lot of big stories and studies, uh-huh. where we just lost a lot of people with the... <laughs> I mean, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I was doing this in a party the other night, and half of the people were crying, and the other half, I, I know I'll never talk to them again. <laughs> oh, no. So, this song, eighty twenty Rule, in companies, they say it's like about 20% of the workforce do 80% of the work. Wow. And there are other, you know, you could, and then once you realize this principle, you can apply it to many different things. Like the groceries you buy, you probably only get around to consuming, like 20% of them are probably the amount that give you the most benefit to your health. The other 80% are bad for you. You can look at this in wow. a lot of different ways. And it's it pops disturbing. up again and again. And again. It doesn't have to be exactly 80, 20, could yeah, be yeah. 10, 90, oh, or 70, 30, but it's usually... There's a tiny amount that does the most work. Right. And so that's how I, this is that song on the album for me. Wow. Well, A, that's fascinating. The Pareto principle. But this is and a great way to summarize this song. Nice little, what is it, a minute and a half? Buttoned it up, yeah. Little, maybe a smidge over that, but yeah. 137. 137. Smidge. Just a, a smidge for all you out there is technically seven seconds. <laughs> That's so funny you say that. Now that now I'm thinking about my own company and yes. You can really, if you think about where you work right now, or maybe even your family, there's probably <laughs> 20% does 80% of something. <laughs> like, for example, I know I do 0% of the laundry. Oh, no. Maybe I'll wash a dish every once and again. I'm the weak link in that one. But yeah, no. think about that in your own life. There's, there's a lot of that happening. Depression. I just fucked Paul up. You definitely do a lot of work, Paul. We all know that. At a certain point, you're paid to make decisions, and that's kind of your whole job. Yeah, exactly. You're paid to say yes and mean it and then take the heat if it doesn't go Correct. right. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ryan, you really screwed me up with that one. Sorry for ruining your day. You know, my closing thought on this record is that there's there's so much homage on it that I do struggle to separate it from its own inspiration. Yeah. But in the end, the songs and the melodies all do really stand on their own. And I found it to be a really, really enjoyable rock and roll album of sincerity from a guy who clearly doesn't want us to take too seriously the troubles that are seemingly eating him alive or at least have in the past. So I really wanted to thank you for giving me this. I enjoyed it greatly. A Thank wonderful you. rock album, and I had never. This is this is the great thing about this show. I would have never found this. I don't think I would have ever found it. That's that's. I wonder why I did. Well, it's my sad boy thing, right? It's more another one of your sassy ladies <laughs> and my sad boys. <laughs> See, we just keep bringing them together. We have tropes. <laughs> there are patterns to keep here. I loved it. Well, thank you for saying that. Before I close this out, I have. Just a one little note about the reception of this album publicly. Please, yeah. So All Music, All Music gave it four out of five stars. Four out of five. And, you know, you can read that review. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to read Just look it up. And Pitchfork, who usually savage things, yeah. six and a half out of ten. Wow. That's a good score. That's a great score and, for Pitchfork. And there's a lot of compliments in that article. Um, you know, it said there's some limitations, but it this is his fullest musical statement yet. And yeah. I completely agree. Thanks for joining me on this one. I had a great time. Thanks, Ryan. You're very welcome. This is great. We'll see you on next episode. Oh, we'll be back, won't we? I'll be back, and you'll be back. So yes, we'll be back. Have we? Did we settle on a sign-off? I don't know if we have. I tell you what. What's that? Everyone out there, we're planning an episode coming up where we are going to spotlight albums that you enjoy, that you want us to listen to. So please. Reach out to us on our social media or via Please. email. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's directions for those at the end. Reach out to us. Let us know what you want us to listen to. We're going to pick a couple of your albums and listen to them and give you some feedback in a special episode coming later in the season. Won't be right away, but do that. Send us because we want to participate with you. We want to thinking about it. Yeah, start thinking about it. You got a couple. Send them over. You know, we'll put them in a Google Doc. I love a good Google Doc. Oh, I use them. We do. I'm using one right now. I'm using one right now, too. But there's still no Googling. There's no Google. Google Docs, but there's no Googling. There's a Google doctor. Doc, a Google docking. witch doctor. Docking clamps. Ooh, Saying ooh, words. Uh, uh, 
Ting tang. Bye. Goodbye. Do you have an opinion about the album we discussed today? Contact us at at now hear this podcast on Instagram, at now hear this pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash now hear this podcast, or email us at now hear this official at gmail.com. See you next time. Sodom. Sodomite. Sodom. Sam Sodomite. Sodomsky. So I'll say it again. Am I getting a little tinny? Am I still a little tinny sounding? Maybe I just have to. No, it sounds good on my mics. Hello. Hello. Blow my nose. This is going to be good audio. (laughs) You feeling all right? You got a cold? I, well, I'm pretty sure it's. um, Allergies? Allergies, yeah. I think we're bunny sitting and I'm. I'm Kenora. Kenora. Kenora, yeah. The Kenora of arrest. Well, hey, Brian. Hey, Paul. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm here to tell the listeners that if they'd like to contribute mm. to help keeping these Now Hear This episodes coming, well, they can donate featuring the wonderful new donation technology boop, 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 that boop, boop, boop. ACAST has developed for us. That's right. ACAST has helped us out. They host the show. Yeah, our hosts, ACAST, have made it really easy to donate to the show. They have an ACAST supporter feature, and there's a link in the show description that you can follow to kick a couple bucks for the show. It can be five bucks, a hundred bucks, less than a dollar. We don't care. Yeah, just something to keep the lights on. It's all out of pocket, and we do this out of love, and that's it. And we love you all for listening. Thank you very much for doing that. Couldn't said it better myself. Okay. All right. Well, bye then.